Hello, and welcome to Canada Reads American Style. I'm Shauna. And I'm Rebecca. We have something exciting to, well, I don't, maybe it's not a formal uh, announcement exactly, but we're excited to be doing something special from September through December of this year to wrap up this fantastic year of pandemic. Shauna, as many of you know, loves romances. And you may also know, if you know that, that I do not care for romances. <laughs> so I thought, you know, Shauna has been a great partner in this whole project that we've been working on for almost a year. And I thought, well, the podcast almost a year. And I thought, you know, I kind of want to do something to honor all of the hard work she's done. So we are kicking off September through December our love and laughter series. And that means we will read a romance for September, a romance for October, and then a humorous book in November and again in December. So this is my way of saying thank you to Shauna for being the best partner ever and getting through <laughs> all of the Canada Reads angsty books that are that ha have hardly ever had any romance in it. Maybe from the ashes, the real romance between Jesse and, and Lucy, but I can't think of a whole lot of books that we've read in the last year and a half that have been really what you would consider a romance. So that's my gift to Shauna. And even lighthearted or <laughs> charismatic or, you know, those types of books that you... I like to read to escape from my life, uh, and not that my life is all that bad, <laughs> but it, it's interesting the the types of books that we all decide to pick up. So, and I and I do want to say that I did throw her a bone by saying we'll read two romances because I'm not so sure I, I I'm not as big a person as Shauna in that in that I don't know that I would <laughs> read as many romances as she has read those Canada reads sort of uh, tough reads, I guess. But I did say, how about we do two romances and then I need some humor. I need to laugh before we roll into January and what maybe will be another Canada reads. I don't know with it having been pushed back this year, if they will start up again at the end of January or whatever, but we, I needed to laugh. <laughs> and especially with the election and everything going on in the U S we, we really need a laugh. So that's why we're winding up November and December with humorous books. Right. And, you know, one of the reasons why I really enjoy romance is it's not just the push and pull between men and, and women or women and women, men and men, you know, whatever relationship you're reading. It is about the adventure or the storyline that is progressing like i've read some absolutely horrendous <laughs> romance books and some of the best ones i've ever read are the ones that make me laugh out loud because of how witty the dialogue is between all the characters or a certain situation in fact i was just reading a passage from one of our books the switch for october one of the passages is about a female disguising herself as a male and 
they are passing, she's passing herself off and she's in the bath. She's got all her stuff out in the open and the man who is helping to take care of her just barges into the room. And it's like just the scenario of thinking of all of that occurring is so hilarious and being able to be like, oh man, I can't wait to see what's going to happen next. <laughs> so now romance kind of gets a bad rep because people think that it's all about kissing and hugging and sex and all you do like that's what erotica is for you you go in for the steamy romance part of it of being like the next door neighbor who's like oh man that that's one good looking person and i want to have them in my bedroom you know and sure you have those books but you also have the sweet books just like the one that we're reading for september aisha at last where there's literally no kissing at all in it and you get just this giggly sense of bubbliness when they do have their interactions because at the beginning of the book it's stated that the male character does not touch females and at one point the female character brushes flower off his cheek and you know you just kind of like I don't know, probably cringe and cheesy giddiness about it. So, you know, it's just nice to have different types of feelings as you're reading through these stories and getting different, per like, understandings of how maybe other people also live their lives. Because I, I don't read... I don't read typically contemporary romance, but I do read a lot of cultural or Victorian romance and the society based aspects of the literature is what really draws me to enjoy romance as a genre. So, but then we also have Rebecca's perspective where it's maybe not as nice. Well, and let me start out by saying that, you know, I started reading romances, I think, when I was 11 years old, because my mom was a big romance reader. Uh, she, in fact, she used to read, well, I hate to say this, but she used to read, like, kind of quality literature. But then when she had four children, she said she still loved to read, but she didn't have time. So she read a lot of those kind of, like, little paperback romances. So I grew up in a household where there were tons of them around and I started reading them at 11. And I remember taking one of the books into my uh, the classroom with me in sixth grade. And I was showing the dirty, quote, dirty part to a friend of mine <laughs> in, in next, you know, chair over. And we got caught and he said, you know, you guys are reading like that, those dirty books or something. And of course, probably at the age of 11, it was a kiss, but I thought that was like a dirty part or something. <laughs> and so, and I got caught and I never forgot that Mr. White in English class. But anyway, uh, I, so I read a lot of romances and then I think that's part of my issue is that I read them probably, I won't say exclusively, but mostly read romances from probably the age of 11 through like, maybe my mid twenties or something. And then after that, I, for me, it's just, they're just too similar. I mean, it's, there's very, for me, I'm just saying for me personally, there's just not enough difference in the story. You know how it's going to end. You know how it starts, you know how the middle is and you know how it's going to end. And I want books 
probably since my mid-20s, I prefer to read books where I don't really know how it's going to end. Because once I do, and, and there's just, and I've read a few romances over the last you know, 35 years or whatever, but um, I'll read them and really love them up to a certain point. I'll love the romance. I'll love the, like you say, the give and take and, and the setting or the humor and all of those things. But once it hits that sort of sameness toward the end, I, I just completely lose interest. And so I, I do, I don't, and I've made a lot of jokes about hating romances and stuff. And I certainly don't mean to uh, insult any romance writers or the readers who absolutely love this genre. But for me, I, I just think it's, it's just not something that is, I think because I had so much of it when I was younger that it just, it just doesn't do anything for me. And I also think, you know, which we'll, when we talk a little bit about what, maybe what a book that we liked, I'll explain a little bit more about how I think my perspective has shifted in what I consider a romantic book or a romance. That's interesting. Now, as it pertains to humor, I confess I'm not sure I've read that many humorous novels per se. Most of the time when I get humor, it is through the romance genre. Uh, I also have read some uh, Mindy Cowling's biographies, and those were hilarious. I actually listened to the audiobooks and with her being the person who is the one narrating it, she is also getting like, she'll put in little things that aren't in the book. And that part also makes you laugh. So, but I imagine anything that's making you laugh has got to be good for your life anyway. Oh yeah. They say laughter is actually really, I mean, seriously, like it's actually good medicine for you, but no, it's funny though, the Mindy Cowling book, because I, I checked it out not as an audio, but I was, I checked it out to read it and it just did not. And I love her. I think she's freaking hilarious, but it it did absolutely nothing for me. So I ended up not reading it. And I didn't even think about, cause I'm not an audiobook listener, but I, it never dawned on me to listen to that. And I tried reading, I think Tina Fey or something. And that I see my thing is people who are great comedians or who can tell a story verbally or in a sketch kind of thing, Part of it is their physical comedy, their the tone of their voice, how they interact with the audience. And I don't think those translate into written books that well. So for me, humor is almost, it certainly is part of a fictional story. I mean, you can read some things that just are very, very funny in a fictional story. But when I think of humor, I do think of something, I mean, I don't know that like the example I'll give in a little bit here, I don't necessarily think of that as humor, but I freaking laugh through the whole book. So <laughs> it's because I think there's a way, and, and I think that's part of it. I know that Canada has that award, which now I can't think of the title of it, for like humorous books or something. And And I looked at the list and it was interesting to me because I thought, you know, some of these, I wonder if the author would have said, I've written a humorous book. Or if it's just that he or she has a way of, you know, telling a story that is funny and makes you laugh. So I think humor is so subjective. My sister sent me a, a TikTok video, a couple of them today, and she was said, aren't these hilarious? And one of them, 
I actually didn't even crack a smile. And I said, there you go. Everybody brings something different to the table, especially when it comes to humor. Now, do you, I don't recognize humor as an actual book genre. Like when I, when I don't think I've ever heard of it until we started talking about putting together the series and you found the award for the Canadian humorous books. So I'm curious, like, do you think that there's a world genre for humor at all? Or do we just consider that like joke books or something? Yeah, I. it's interesting as a librarian. I remember when I was a youth librarian, uh, kids would come in, especially boys would come in and say, I want a funny book. And it was hard to understand what they meant or or my perception of what they meant, because a lot of times it could be they wanted just a joke book, right? Or it could be they wanted a book that would make them laugh. And I remember as a as a new youth librarian going, what the hell? Where are the humorous books for kids? And what you find out, of course, is that tons of books are humorous, especially in kids' books, but they're not necessarily, there is that subject heading humorous stories, but it's not necessarily always cataloged that way. So it's actually really hard to locate. And so I think it's one of those things where it's like pornography, right? You know it when you see it. You don't. You can't define it, but you know it when you see it. I think that's kind of with humor. It it doesn't. It does. It sometimes defies description, but again, it's something that when you read it, it makes you laugh. So I, that is actually a really tough one. I because guys, I remember years ago even trying to find some humorous books, and I remember like Woody Allen kept coming up. And I thought, okay, talk about somebody who has never made me laugh is Woody Allen, right? Even his stand-up, I didn't think was funny. So I thought, wow, really? Like Woody Allen falls under humorous? But again, you would probably would find Tina Fey or Mindy Cowling, people like that. But those are kind of stand-up comedians. So I don't think they're the only ones that get to have the label of humorous, you know? Right. Well, I the titles that we have picked out for humor are they look very interesting. So the huh. what's the Woolfield Poultry Collective. And then the other one is Son of a Critch. Son of a Critch. And so the Poultry Collective one, the the second one in the series, which I now all of a sudden cannot remember the title of, but that one, the second one won that humor award in Canada. But then I thought, well, we can't start with the second one because it picks up the story. So we had to go back and we'll read the Woolfield Poetry or Poultry Collective first. And then Son of a Critch, uh, when we posted it to our uh, Instagram page about I was looking for humorous nonfiction, somebody had recommended that one. And it's about, I think it's Bill Critch, who I think is a comedian. I'm not, I'm not, it's terrible. I, I'm not really sure or an actor or something in Canada. And he's written this book about growing up in Newfoundland. And I thought, I think I read the first you know, paragraph and I went, yep, that's it. That's the one we're going to read. Cause it's that kind of book that I just love because that sort of sometimes understated or sometimes in your face humor, I, that grabs me in an instant. Absolutely. You can't blame me if I accidentally call it son of a bitch by accident. So <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, since I keep saying instead of poultry collective, I keep saying something else. Yeah, we're going to get those titles 
We'll put them in the description, right, Shauna? <laughs> yeah, we will. Well, I just keep calling it Chicken Book because... Yeah. <laughs> well, you know why. <laughs> yeah, Shauna has, uh, has a thing about not liking birds. And, I, and it was funny. I really honestly, when I picked that book, I didn't think about the fact that it was about a woman going to a, from the city to, to a farm and then like becoming a, ran, a farmer or something and that there were chickens involved. So I did not purposely... Even though I was, you know, sort of saying to Shauna, let's pick books that we both can enjoy through the rest of the year. I didn't stop to think about the fact that it had poultry in the title. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, with it having a humor as a genre, I am curious to see if it will be subjective to me or not, since I generally don't enjoy books that kind of replicate my childhood <laughs> oh yeah you're right I didn't, <laughs> I didn't think that either oh no well I hope you like I hope it's not another book that you go oh my god I have to read this book <laughs> it's all good every book has its it has its purpose in life so absolutely <laughs> now uh, I have to say I I do want us to go through our favorite books for both the genres real quick don't forget to subscribe to all of our various media forms that we have now. We have YouTube and we have all the podcasts on whatever podcast service that you listen to. We're on it. And we also have our Facebook page and we're probably most famous for our Instagram because that's the thing that Rebecca is always on chatting with all of our members and, and making sure that they are enjoying the content that we are putting out. So no, wait a minute. I have to interrupt and say no. I think our podcast is what makes us quote famous <laughs> on our on the scale of famous, like low level famous. But that's because I think we're closing in on three thousand downloads, and we got a shout out on Canada Reads uh, competition this year, twenty twenty. So that was pretty exciting. So I think that's what makes us famous is our is our uh, podcast. But anyway. <laughs> I'll I'll agree with you on that then. <laughs> so, uh my favorite romance book is called Enchanted by Victoria Malvery and if you've been following along with us for oh my gosh, next month will be an entire year that we've been doing this. You'll have heard me speak about this book probably multiple times. In fact, one of my claims about this book is I've read it so many times it is literally falling apart. I'm holding it in my hands right now. But I went to the secondhand store and I found a brand new exact copy of this book. So I have my tried and true trusty book that I will always read. And then I have a brand new copy of this. But one of the reasons why I love it is it is a romance between best friends. They grow up together. They get separated for a time and then they come back together. And it all takes place in the 1800s in London, of course. So, and the reason why I love this book is because of the witty dialogue between the male and female character. What happens is he's not willing to fall in love because his parents were in love and they died loving one another and left him alone to grow up by himself. And her parents grew up loving one another, but they are, they're kind of in the same situation 
but she was a little older when her parents passed away. So they end up needing to help one another once they get to London, and he helps all of the the girl's family get out into London society. And it's just so refreshing to read about learning to trust another person and all you have to do to reinstate a relationship that you thought you knew so well and being able to come back to that one person that you really loved when you were a kid. So that is one of the reasons why I really enjoy and love Enchanted by Victoria Malvery. I think it's interesting because I do think our reading tastes really follow who we are, which is why when we have book discussions, we can have a completely different take on it because we're bringing usually, obviously, our own personal experience into something. And that's why I think it resonates. I want to talk about the romance that made a difference for me recently. And I swear it says it was published in 2015, but I swear I read it sooner earlier than that because I moved back to Michigan from California in yeah, November of 2014. I moved back to Michigan and I swear I read this book when I was still in California, but I guess I did not. So it's Our Souls at Night by Kent Harf. And it, they did make a movie out of it, which I did not see because I very rarely will watch a movie. If it's a book I loved, I very rarely will watch the movie because no good comes <laughs> from a, a movie adaptation, in my opinion. I, I've, I can't even think of a time where I think a movie was better than the book. But anyway, I'm going to read just a little description here. Uh, it says, Addie Moore's husband died years ago. So did Lewis Walter's wife. And as neighbors in Holt, Colorado, they have naturally long been aware of each other. With their children now far away, both live alone in houses empty of family. The nights are terribly lonely, especially with no one to talk to. Then one evening, Addie pays Lewis an unexpected visit. Their brave adventures, their pleasures, and their difficulties form the beating heart of this novel. And it's 176 pages, so it's a quick read. I'm sure many of you have read it. And I won't give anything away exactly. But the thing I loved about this is, again, <laughs> I'm older. And I think not that romance isn't for all ages, because it certainly is. But for me personally, I don't have I don't have that burning desire to like get married again or to have a partner 24-7. Like I don't want anyone living with me, to be honest with you. So I wasn't I was never gonna get married again. I don't want somebody living in my house. But I've always said how cool would it be to have a man in my life? He lives in his house. I live in my house and we sleep together. Now that could just be sleeping or it could be having sex and sleeping and all the, all the, you know, the full shebang. Right. But my point is that's what this book is. It's about Addie going to Lewis and saying, I'm lonely and I just want to sleep with someone. And your wife died. My husband's gone, you know, passed away. Would you do that? And they do. And it is my freaking fantasy of what I want. <laughs> so I read that book and went, this is the hottest, hot in a weird, not like hot, like there's no, I don't think there's graphic sex and I can't remember, but, but it's, it's hot in that it's two mature adults 
who recognize a need and can fulfill that need. And there is nothing on this planet, I think, better than that. And so, and especially as you get older, you know, your body is different. <laughs> All sorts of things are different. As you get older, things work or don't work, right? And so to me, romance to me now is more companionship, love on a different level, like love where it's not racing hard in the, you know, like what I didn't like when I was younger and I've never liked is that up and down in relationships where somebody's upset or somebody, you know, there's that emotional roller coaster drama crap. Like I've never liked that. And I think that when you get older, you, and not in every case, obviously, because there are still older people who go crazy, but just the idea of just when you sort of start to realize that there's an, your time is limited on this earth. Cause when you're young, you don't think of it. As you get older, you do. You start to realize, you know, that saying, don't sweat the small stuff and everything is the small stuff. It is so true. So the relationship that these two people had that was so romantic and it just like was everything I was looking for in a romance to me and what I would personally love to have. I will say, though, I hated the ending. I absolutely 100% hated the ending. So there's a certain point at which I love this book. And then I, I hated the ending so much I was mad. And then I said to myself, you know, I'm just going to pretend the ending didn't happen that way. And so <laughs> it's, my, it's my story. I, I'm the reader. I get to do whatever the hell I want. So I did. I said, nope, that's where it ended, right where I wanted it to. And screw the ending. So if you read it and you hate the ending, don't say I didn't warn you. So I just want to say that. That's my romance. <laughs> Uh, so that means that we're going to go on to our favorite humorous book. So I have to say that the book that is humorous that I actually personally own, and I guess I must say is my favorite since I do personally own it. Uh, I've had it ever since I was a child. It was given to me. I don't know who gave it to me, but it's called Laffeteria by Douglas Florian. I use it anytime I need poetry because I love I, I dislike poetry, but I love laughter, so I've always <laughs> like used it as my poetry book. Anytime someone's like, oh, hey, poetry this, and I'm like, oh, hey, I have this book right here. And In fact, Rebecca and I have both read poetry at work before, and she read this very eloquent, lovely poem by some, you know, great poet, and I pull out this book and I said my little uh silly rhyme from Lafeteria and it made me laugh. So <laughs> I'm gonna say that that is my favorite. Well you are you gonna read it then? You gotta read it. You've gone this far. You gotta read it now. I had to read what? The poem whatever oh you don't have the book. You have the book in front of you. Read the poem oh. that made you laugh. Oh there's there's several. I meant the one you said you read at work. Do you remember which one it was? I've I've read several at work, so I can't really say which is which. Okay. So uh, here's one of the poems from Lafeteria by Douglas Florian. Uh, it has drawings and, and things by him in it as well. And uh, this one's called Food Mood. I shake and I shiver just thinking of liver. I cowardly cower near cauliflower. I break out in hives within range of chives. I quickly retreat if you serve me a beat. I soon will get lost to avoid applesauce. 
I whine and I wheeze when I think of cheese. And don't give me peas. Please, please. If you have a picky eater at home, that's definitely <laughs> one, one for you to share with them. <laughs> that's funny. Um, yeah, I, I like kids' poetry, actually. I mean, I like the humorous stuff. There's a book called Parts by Ted Arnold, if you've never read that one. That, you would love that. It is so funny. And I think it's actually a book that, it's more, I think, for adults because of the humor in it. Because kids, oh. kids who, would, who would get it read to them probably wouldn't understand it until they're older. And if they're older, it would be considered a baby book. So check it out, Parts by Ted Arnold. And if there, he did a follow-up called More Parts, but it never, no, it wasn't that funny to me. But Parts, we passed it around when we were, when I was a librarian in Sacramento, we passed that around amongst ourselves. Everybody was laughing. It, it's just brilliant. So check it out. I would like to share my humorous book. So I love to laugh. Mostly I'm going to laugh at nonfiction because there's just something about someone telling their story in maybe like in a deadpan way or, or just like, I don't like necessarily big humor. I like that subtle turn of phrase that just makes you actually literally laugh out loud. So one of my favorite authors who does it so brilliantly is Bill Bryson. And while I love all of his books, A Walk in the Woods was, and it's A Walk in the Woods, Rediscovering America on the Appalachian Trail. And <laughs> it's basically the story, the non-fictional account of him. And again, they made it into a movie, which, oh, I now that I think about it, I did see this movie. My mom wanted to see it. And it was okay, but it really had no recognizable, it was not recognizable to the, to the book. But anyway, so Bill Bryson decides he wants to walk the Appalachian Trail. And very few people, I don't remember what percentage, start at the beginning and make it to the end in a season. Like it's, it's I won't say rare, but not a lot of people do it. But he decides he's going to walk the Appalachian Trail, but he's afraid of bears. And so what he does in this book is he talks about the, his adventure with his friend Katz, K-A-T-Z, and he also tells you the natural history of the Appalachian Trail, like from the political standpoint, from the natural history. He talks about bear attacks. I mean, it is just a brilliant nonfiction book. I, I think, again, most listeners may have encountered or read this book because it's just so brilliant, but I wanted to share a section that made me laugh. So his friend Katz is... Some a friend of his that he hadn't seen maybe a couple of times over the past 25 years. But Katz approaches him and says, hey, I hear you're going to walk the Appalachian Trail. I'd love to do this with you. So here's an excerpt. I found my wife at the kitchen sink and told her the good news. She was more reserved in her enthusiasm than I had hoped. You're going into the woods for weeks and weeks with a person you have barely seen for 25 years. Have you really thought this through? <laughs> as if I have ever thought anything through. I thought you two ended up getting on each other's nerves in Europe. No, this was not quite correct. We started off on each other's nerves. We ended up despising each other, but that was a long time ago. She gave me a look of some dubiety. You have nothing in common. We have everything in common. We're 44 years old, We'll talk about hemorrhoids and lower back pain and how we can't remember where we put anything. And the next night I'll say, hey, 
did I tell you about my back problems? And he'll say, no, I don't think so. And we'll do it all over again. It'll be great. It'll be hell. Yeah, I know, I said. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying is he just has this way. <laughs> and I have to tell you, I, and I'm not giving anything away because this is the best part. When he encounter, like, so when, again, they don't live in the same place. So he shows up, Katz shows up, and there is no way on God's green earth when Katz shows up, that's when Bill Bryson realizes there is no way that he that that Katz is going to be able to walk the Appalachian Trail. It is hilarious that whole thing with his friend Katz. So, anyway, so that is the book. That is that's an author who it's just a turn of phrase. It's the way he tells. He's a true storyteller, and I had the great privilege at my library in Sacramento. He came and did an author talk, and I think there were about 250 people in the audience, and. I was worried that he could never live up to my high expectation of him. And I really thought I was, and I ended up, I got a front row seat because it was my library and I was putting it on kind of with the newspaper, local newspaper. And I really thought, I don't want to sit in the front row because what if I'm disappointed? What if he totally is, because I kind of thought he might be a jerk. I really did. Like I, in some of the, in some of the books I read, I thought, He's and I used to be a bartender, and I thought, you know, I think he's one of those guys because he likes to drink. And I thought, I bet he goes into bars, and I bet he like is becomes like an ugly drunk, and I bet he's really just like the right. So I was prepared to think the worst of him, and let me tell you that he is one of the most charming, self-effacing, humble, hilarious, lovely people on the planet, and I was more in love with him after he I got to see him in person because he way exceeded my expectation and he will always forever be one of my one of my favorite authors one of my favorite people who I've never personally met in in my life I just think he's the best so if you haven't read Bill Bryson I highly recommend people to read Bill Bryson we want to invite you to join us for our love and laughter series taking place September through December Rebecca, do you want to tell them what the title of the books are again? So for September, we will be reading the romance Aisha at Last. In October, we'll be reading The Switch by Lindsay Sands. In November, we have the Woefield Poultry Collective by Susan Juby. And we will wrap up December with, I'm sure, a lot of laughs with Son of a Critch by Bill Critch. Thanks for listening. If you'd like us to continue providing great content like this, subscribe and tell all your friends about Canada Reads American Style. Goodbye.